Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the corner where the treats is is this the the passing of the torch, right? Is this what this signifies? It, it comes down to that that front office and what they feel is most important. The champ is here. We've touched down from a higher plane. Why you made it here? We always look forward to that week because it was always intense. You know that we ain't coming back. We got to the man, the myth, the legend, Dante Hall. My 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 favorite player growing up was Dante Hall. I love you guys and show, but Dante was my guy. Get to dashing because you done on the war feet. This episode of Chief Concerns is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your sports betting needs and sports betting info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's Wimbledon Finals, Major League Baseball, the latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code, that's BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to get the bonus and get in to the action. Bet online, where the game starts. Looking to help your favorite Chiefs podcast? Well, we're trying to raise money to create merchandise for our online store, as well as be able to have more merch to do giveaways to all of our fans. To any of our YouTubers, if you see down below, you can show your support with the new Super Thanks option. Any amount will go a long way towards helping us launch our online store. And of course, don't forget to like and subscribe. Thanks to all of our followers for your continued support. Enjoy the episode. Hey, 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 guys. Welcome back to another episode of Chief Concerns. I believe this is like our 86th episode, so we're, we're, we're riding how We're almost to, we're 14, 14 weeks away from our uh, 100th episode. You know, that, that, that'll that be a fun one. Um, but uh, yeah, how, how are you, J.D.? How was your uh, July the 4th? Did you have a good time? I had a great time. I had a great time. We uh, had family. Like my niece, she puts together uh, a nice uh, family like picnic dinner uh, for everybody to kind of come back to and, and enjoy one another. So we had we had a wonderful time. Wonderful time, just loving each other, seeing each other, hugging each other, seeing what everybody was doing. And so, uh, me and my nephew, we were actually playing cornhole, and we were we were undefeated. We we, we were. Running through the everybody, just running through everybody, and uh, well, one of my older brothers and his friend, who actually was his roommate in college, and they both basketball players, played basketball in college. Uh, they end up beating us, but it kept going back and forth, back and forth, man. And they finally threw one in uh, and beat us, man. But yeah, but other than that, man, everything the weekend was uh, was incredible. Uh, fireworks wise, I mean. You know, I, I didn't really watch a lot of the fireworks, to be honest with you, because mm. it seemed like it just going off all weekend. It was, I mean, yeah. So I don't know. It, it was, it was, it was good though. What about yours? How was your weekend? It was good. We had a, a family kind of cookout. Um, you know, us being half Persian, half Cuban, we generally are. Our cookouts are very ethnic uh, friendly. No. So okay. uh, my dad, my dad made a steak kebab, Persian steak kebab. Um, you know, like. The Americans grill out burgers and hot dogs, but then the Persian households grill grill out steak kebab. Um, yeah, sounds delicious. It, it's good. Yeah, I, I'm telling you, I've I sent pictures of the chicken kebab to you uh, that he's yeah. made before. But uh, yeah, steak kebabs uh, probably like the uh, I would say probably his best dish. Now, I, I haven't been eating red meat over the last year, and 
I broke my red meat uh, trend to uh, have some steak and buff July the fourth, and uh, and I'll be, okay. and I'm, now I'm back on my not eating red meat grind again. But uh, yeah, right. it was it was a good time. Um, I, bet, I bet that 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 in itself is a treat, just like taking that break, you know, because I don't really eat a whole lot of red meat either. I just I've kind of just gotten away with it. But mm-hmm. every once in a while, maybe just you know taste. Like I'll still cook steaks and stuff, you know, for you know the family, mm-hmm. and you know I could I could do a nice steak, man. But that like that. Kebab, I can I can already just smell it and taste it, brother. I know how the, the Persian spices and all. Woo, I know it's good. <laughs> and we hope everybody else had a really safe and a happy uh, July the fourth. Um, yeah. So uh, a couple of announcements before we get into the show. Um, first one is uh, if any of you YouTubers and our listeners out there in the podcast audio world um, have a TikTok account, uh, she concerns is now live on TikTok. We, we're now with the. Uh, 21st century we're getting on, on tiktok um pretty much if you have a youtube account you're going to see everything that is on the tiktok account really that it's just a more of a short form video uh where like today for example we put um top five uh running backs in chiefs history a top five seasons of, of running backs in chiefs history we put a little video together which is on our youtube account but also on tiktok so a lot of stuff is repurposing and then we also have some other stuff that we, we're putting on tiktok as well so Definitely uh, follow and like the, uh, the, the our TikTok account. That's just Chief Concerns. Um, so you'll be able to find that. And then uh, for another announcement, I'm going to let uh, JD handle this one. You watched our show last week. You know there was the JD shirt competition where you had to guess the movie and the character from that uh, where his shirt came from. So, JD, I'm going to let you handle uh, the answer to that as well as who were the winners of that because there's a lot of winners. But I'm going to let you there's, – there's some that got it out a little early. So I'm going to let you handle that one, JD. All right. Well, I, I tell you what, you, you was a winner. If you've seen this movie uh, back in ni- uh, 85, I think it was uh, the movie was The Last Dragon. And so the character was named Shownuff. And I wish I had a picture. Matter of fact, I'll send one so Marcus could put on here. Uh, and, and I dressed up like him during Halloween out in Kansas City. I think it's like 2007, man. I came in and the party just lost it. I, I just they knew who the character was when I walked in. But that that's my guy. Shownuff, man. Uh, and we had so we had two guys actually that, that hit us up. Uh, one was uh, it was Eddie Lavar. Eddie Lavar, I guess, hit us up on YouTube. Uh, but Eddie, I, you know, the, the 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 direction was hit us up on DM. But since you did hit us up kind of in that realm, Eddie, we're going to have a shirt for you. All right? we, we just got to send you one. And hopefully if you don't have Twitter uh, and you're just getting it on, you know, one piece on, and that's the only uh, platform you get on YouTube. We'll get we'll get a shirt to you. We'll make sure of it. And, and you know, uh, I'll let um, Marcus tell you, like, the email, how to send that in. Uh, but the other guy that we got was uh, Gat Black on Twitter. Has sent me a DM and was right on top of it. So, Gat Black, man, you got a shirt coming to you. Uh, and we started getting a lot of, you know, a lot of guys, a lot of people was coming in, hitting us up with the movie and the name. So, we're going to start giving out little nuggets and stuff, man, for uh, – giveaways uh later on down the road but I, I appreciate everybody kind of you know answering uh that movie and if you haven't seen it take your time to go watch this movie As a matter of fact there was a guy that told me on on twitter uh that they're be, so, supposed to be doing like a prequel to the movie huh. which would be awesome uh if that was the case and that would be uh that would be amazing so it's supposed to be something i'm talking about his uh uh showing up you know, making his ascent, uh, extension to, you know, becoming, you know, the character uh, that everybody's seen in the movie. And 
So it, it, it should be something. Uh, I mean, I can't wait to see. So yeah. that'd be cool. Yeah, and especially because you know so many movies are being remade now. So it's like it'd be cool to do a prequel to a movie that may may a lot of people haven't seen. I mean, my generation, I, I hadn't seen it, and I had uh, a- after the show we talked about, it and I. The next day, I uh, had messaged my brother and um and their, their older guys around, around your age. I mess I mentioned mentioned the movie and stuff. I was like, "Have you guys seen this?" Like, "Oh yeah, Last Dragon." Man, I haven't seen it in years. <laughs> and, and like we, we, we talked, and it was H- on HBO Max. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm, that's my plan to see it uh, soon after seeing all everyone uh, commenting on our YouTube channel and you talking about it and stuff. So I, I gotta watch it. And the clip you showed me was uh, was pretty funny. So uh, yeah, Shogun of Harlem, baby, come on now, so enough. <laughs> Who's the master? Yeah, Woo! I love it. Love it. Um, so, congratulations to Gap Black and Eddie Lavar. Eddie, uh, you didn't uh, get out. Uh, reach out to JD on. If tw- you can't reach out to JD on Twitter, uh, his handle is uh, at J A S U S T D eighty nine on Twitter. If you don't have a Twitter account, you can just email uh, chiefconcerns at yahoo.com with all your information, and we'll get that uh, to you. So, uh, congratulations, Eddie and Gap Black. Um, yeah, so, okay, so not really a lot going on in the Chiefs world, but of course there is always, there's always something going on. So we always have topics for you guys uh, to discuss in the show this week. So we got, we got a fun one at the end of the show. Um, let's talk about the, 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 the golden years of, of uh, the rushing attack in Kansas city, where JD will talk about his experience with Larry and priest. Uh, but before that, we're going to get back to a topic where we've kind of uh, beaten to a dead horse, I would say, um, uh, over the over the uh, last few months uh, of edge rusher. Um, and last week, uh, Pro Football Focus had a report, or not a report, really a topic just talking about how the Chiefs are going to probably sign a veteran right before training camp, which is what JD said was going to happen uh, like three or four weeks ago. That's going to happen eventually. Um, if we do sign one, it's going to be right before training camp. Uh, a lot of these veteran guys. Um are looking to sign right before training camp to kind of avoid all this other stuff. But Carlos Dunlap was a name that was brought up. A guy who played for the Bengals, played for the uh, Seahawks, lastly. Um, last year, um, some of the metrics they brought up were, um, yeah, he'd be obviously a good uh, rotational veteran presence as Melvin Ingram was for us last year. But according to PFF's metrics, he had a 72.1 overall defensive grade and a 15.3 pass rush win rate with eight and a half sacks last year. This eight and a half is pretty big deal because our high, our highest guy last year was nine sacks. Chris Jones had nine sacks last year. So getting a guy like this who had eight and a half last year, bringing him in just as a rotational piece with Carl Optis, Clark, and all the guys we have would be great. Um, but according to sources, Dunlap has, has received a lot of interest from teams. But right now he's deciding on his best fit. And this is obviously what JD was alluding to a couple of weeks ago where guys, you know, they're mulling over what their best fit is right now uh, as they wait to take their time uh, to pick their team and their next destination before training camp. So, J.D., how would you say uh, Carlos Dunlap's fit would be on this uh, Kansas City Chiefs team? Well, I mean, to be honest with you, I, I think he'll, he'll he'll fit. He'll fit in, in what we're doing scheme-wise, uh, no question about it. And I think he'll bring, you know, veteran presence, which we definitely need with the young guys out there. Um, and he'll he'll be a solid guy. He'll be a solid guy in the rotation, like like everything that you said. Um, so I I think he'll bring something to the table. I think he will. Uh, eight eight and a half sacks is nothing to, to really sneeze at. I mean, it, just something that is like this guy is he's he's guys going to produce. And if you said that would have been second on the team last year, I mean that then okay. So that's a guy that we we truly need. 
he's not going to be an every down guy. We we know that he's he's been playing for a long time, uh, and we, we know just over the years, usually your production just it, it wanes. And so uh, I think, man, him coming in, giving the young guys like a lot of knowledge. Guys like that is who you can really utilize in a team. Like I said, when you have a young guy like Karlofkis, who who definitely needs somebody to lead him, teach him how to play uh, in this league, being a professional. Uh, I think Carlos could, could come in and, and definitely do that. So uh, I think he could fit in well. I really do. I think he'll bring a little bit to the table. Um, so that's where I'm at with it, man. I, I think I think he'll, he'll be a good fit. Yeah, and I know Carlos Dunlap is a guy we mentioned on the show. We haven't really like delved, delved, dove into because um, we 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 kind of think that JPP would be the one that, that comes in naturally, knowing Spags' system. He can yeah. come in late towards the summer and like kind of not really be at a loss because he's already been with Spags before. Um, Dunlap, thirty three. So any guy we kind of bring in at this point is going to be an older kind of guy. Um, the other name that's been brought up on the show is Robert Quinn, and I think Bleacher Report had a had a had a. Um, a simulated trade that would make sense for the for both teams. Um, it was trading a second round next year and a fourth round the following year for um, for Robert Quinn. I think it's kind of a. I mean, some people were saying they would do it. I think it would be kind of a lot for a guy who's you know up there in years. Yeah, obviously he had, he had one of his best seasons last year, but that's kind of a, that's kind of a lot uh, to give up when you can go get a guy like Carlos Dunlap. What would be pros and cons of that going to pick up Carlos Dunlap, who's thirty three, is a free agent, probably a one year yeah. deal versus trading assets to get a guy like Robert Quinn. I mean, is there that big of a drop-off in town, or would you say not really? You know what? It's, it's because you see, you know, of course, Robert Quinn's production last year. And so that's what you're always going to compare it to. Well, we'll look what Robert Quinn did as compared to what Carlos did. And so that's always the issue. That's what you're going to – that's the comparison. Mm-hmm. Uh would would I be willing to give up a second and a fourth? Possibly, possibly. I just think right now, uh, because of our situation, you don't want to be desperate and feel like you know you need to give out more than what you you really need to do. Uh, especially if you could get Carlos in here for a decent amount of money, you know, you know, kind of on the veteran, you know, whatever he's asking for. Uh, it's not going to be something to break the bank, uh, and so you're not really giving up a whole lot for it. Uh, I think, to be honest with you, I think, you know, the Chiefs would probably be looking to try to bring in two guys. I mean, I, I, that's that's where I'm at. I think that they will. As far as right now, I think two guys is not off the table for me. And so if, whether that's JPP and saying Carlos Dunlap, shoot, why not? Bring these two guys in and win a championship. Guys that could come in uh, that will give something to the team uh, on the defensive line that we uh, we sorely need. Mm. So I don't know, like you said, Robert Quinn, who's up in age. Hey, yeah, he had a great season last year, but who's gonna say, hey, he won't have a see, you know, a bad season this year? And so, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Like you said, it's just older guys. That's what you have to deal with. That's the reality of it. So, uh, you know, you 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 don't want to you don't want to compromise your defense. I mean, we already in the as far as defensive line, you don't want to put it in something like, hey, look. We get this guy here. Now all of a sudden, we don't have the capital to do what we want to do next year, and give up two guys to two draft picks for a guy who just will be here one year or whatever. However, the deal works. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. I just, I, I tell you what, I'm gonna be honest. 
I hate having this conversation, to be honest with you. I really do. I hate having this conversation dealing with this stuff right now. Mm. I just thought that, you know, and I'll keep going back to it. And a lot of people make this same point is maybe moving the needle a little bit further, getting somebody else in here so you don't feel like you have to start pulling guys and getting guys off the street and whatnot. Not saying these guys are bad guys. I'm just saying that, you know, if you address these issues just a little bit earlier, you don't know. I don't know. That's, that's, that's kind of where I'm at with it. That's why I having this conversation, but here we are. So I'm just going to deal with it, man. Here we are. Yeah. I would say it's probably been our number one topic of the whole year has been edge where we thought we were going to address it. We, we drafted a first round edge guy, but then we yeah. thought it was be a little more than that, you know, and everybody else in the division was, was going for that. Um, I guess my, my last question here is you kind of alluded to it a few weeks back about how, you know, veterans are just waiting it out kind of, you know, that, a lot of stuff, you know, they've already been through all this, the grind of mini camp and all this stuff. They're waiting to, to training camp. Now, when a guy like Carl Stenlap says, you know, he's received interest and is, and is deciding on the best fit. Mm-hmm. Now, when it comes to best fit, is he looking at contenders teams? Like, because Stenlap has, has a, I, don't, I don't believe he's won uh, a ring yet. When, yeah. when they're looking at best fit, or they talk about best yeah. fit is best chance to win at this point, you know, being picked up in July here. Are we looking at, what who who what contender? What what do I have the best chance to win with as far as signing with the team? Is that what is that what he's looking at? Or is oh, of right? course. I, I mean, I I couldn't see it any other way. So obviously, it's going to be you know money wise. But number two, you want to be able to walk out into the sunset having a ring. If you could if you could have a championship under your belt, shoot, why not? And so I've seen some of the people that he he's been garnering attention from. Uh, those teams and ones I've heard. I don't see any chance of them actually, you know, making it to, uh, you know, to the Super Bowl. And so that's what I'm sitting there. When the guy's sitting there saying things like that, it's like, hey, look, you know what? Let me go out on top. I want to chase this dream. If I could get me just one championship, then it'd be all worth it. And so to be honest with you, I can't see anybody going anywhere else but Kansas City. If it's at the end of your career and you got – Patch Mahomes, you got a great defense. You got guys in the secondary. You got good linebackers. You got a great coach. You got a great defensive coordinator. I mean, you have everything in place uh, to be successful. You really do. And so uh, that would be, in my mind, uh, the the main thing that you're looking for. It's got to be a contender. It's got to be somebody who's going to make it to the playoffs, who has a chance to win this thing. To win this thing. And so. Uh, with the people that's been giving him all the attention, I think Kansas City has the best chances out of anybody, period. It's not even close. And then automatically, like, if it, and let's say, I mean, all these deals are going to be very similar, but, like, let's say a team like, let's say Seattle, a team that just they had him, they want to bring him back for, you know, a little more than the vet men. We offer the vet men. Is he going to lean towards Kansas City? Uh. I mean, if it was me, I would. I mean, I you know he he's already did he's been there done that with Seattle. Mm-hmm. So what what does Seattle really have? They I mean they they going up there and look I don't want to talk bad about it. they got Drew Lock up there as a quarterback and so they're gonna be struggling they're gonna be struggling this year we know that uh, and so I think people are trying to uh, pack their bags man in Seattle <laughs> I just see it seems like <laughs> it's just you know hey shh, we go we sneaking out. Uh, next week, we try and get a deal done. I know everybody's, there's a lot of that conversation going on in the locker room, man. I'm telling you, I know how it is. Just feeling like you, you, you just, you're running in quicksand. That's what you're doing. You're running in quicksand. You ain't going nowhere. 
So when I go all the way up there in, in to Seattle, uh, when you could come to Kansas City, and you're right there in the middle of the, of the United States, you can fly anywhere you want to be, and you get your family there. And hey, you know, at this at this moment in time, you already established yourself. You know where you want to live. Kansas City is a stop for you before you go to a Super Bowl, to a championship. Come on, come on out here. Come on out here to Kansas City. That's where I look at it. I mean, best chance to win and and the need for your position is is glaring. And so it, yeah. Yeah. And it, it, he can do he could do a whole lot, man. And that's the thing about it. Like seeing uh, you know, if I'm recruiting him, I'm, I'm trying to get the guy here. I'm saying, listen, look, we got young guys here. Okay. And you could do a whole lot to get these young guys on track. And so we really need your help. We can use your veteran experience. We can use your eyes. We can use, you know, all your, your toolage, all your skill sets and all that to, to, to get these guys ready. And so, uh, you know, vet minimum, I, I think if, if Seattle's offering it, shoot, even you had to go up another, I don't know, a grand or whatever, man, go ahead, make it so, make it so. <laughs> the time's here. The time is here, man. We in July. So make it so. Get this thing right. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy we we drafted Carlotis. Obviously, obviously, it was a need for us, but it's like last year this time. I feel it was the same conversation because I remember we were like, "Oh, Chris Jones is going to play edge." I wonder how yeah. that goes. Week right. one, week two, it didn't happen, and we also brought in Melvin Ingram. Before that, didn't sign with us. He goes and signs elsewhere. We don't sign another edge. I feel like it's the same kind of thing as last year. Obviously, we have Carlotis. So that's a difference, but it's yeah. still like. Carlos is still unproven. We don't know if he's going to, you know, do what he did in college. You know, you don't know if he's going to pan out. I, I think he will, but like, we don't, there's an unknown there. So it's like, I feel like it's the same thing as last year with, the, with this whole edge rush position. It's kind of in flux and it's, just, it's a terrible conversation to be having right now going in, in July, you know? Well, we look, we know he's going to give us a whole lot. And I, I think it's going to be, you know, great being a, a good pass rusher. Yeah. The thing is it can't just be only him, you know, Frank, uh, you know, he's talking about, you know, he's gotten thinner and, and, you know, hopefully he'll be able to show us something this past year, you know, this year coming in. I hope, well, hopefully he's, he's just reassess what's going on and saying, look, you know what? This is my time to go ahead and shine. People's been doubting me, all of this. I didn't really have a great season. Look, let me go ahead and just do it all right. Let me just become that pass rusher. Let me become that guy again. That's what we're looking for. That's what we're hoping for. But in the meantime, we got to make sure that uh, we're watching uh, our backs. We have to. We we, we got to make sure, man. We we in a, a better position than saying, "Uh oh, we, we hopefully this works out." Hey, we ain't gonna go on just hope. Let's put a plan in place. Getting guys here that's going to be able to help us out. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, it's the it's the NFL. I mean, these guys, you know, the injuries happen. That's the kind of the name of the game. And you can't. And we're one injury down from needing a guy off the street. Like you know, yes. James Dunlap or whoever's out there. So yeah, now nah, if we if we do bring in two guys right before training camp, I'd be I'd be stoked. Yeah, uh, hopefully they're following the J, the JD plan. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Okay. So uh, sticking with uh, pro, pro football focus. Um. So this is this is a um uh, a redraft they do every year where they they take last year's draft class. And they do a redraft and see how guys go uh, in the first round. Um, and this one, this one got a lot of uh, hits on on Twitter and um, and social media. Um, so they did a redraft of the 2021 draft. If you were all remember, we did not have a first round pick. We traded that for Orlando Brown Jr. Uh, we had multiple second round picks. Um, so here's the thing, though: we didn't have first round pick, but in this redraft, uh, based on the rookie class last year. 
They had three Chiefs drafted in the first round of, of the redraft. Um, so first they had uh, Creed Humphrey, who was originally a second round pick. Um, he goes 14th overall to the New York Jets. Uh, guard Trey Smith, who we we love, um, sixth round pick originally, but in the redraft he goes 16th overall to the Arizona Cardinals. So going from sixth round to the 16th overall pick, I mean he's he's unreal. Um, and then Nick Bolton, second round pick for us, uh, he goes 29th overall to the Green Bay Packers in the redraft. So JD, after seeing kind of what we saw like this past season with the, with mm-hmm. those three guys in particular, um, just kind of. For the, for the people who have doubted, I guess, Brett Veach and the scouting department over the last few years, because I feel like every time there's a draft comes around, people will point to drafts and say how Brett Veach is he's missed and he's been in a bad draft. Or it's like, we're finding guys like Trey Smith, who's a six-round pick in a pro football focus draft, the guy's going top 17 of a draft. I mean, yeah. what, what, do you, what, I mean what do you make of this redraft? What do you make uh, of those three guys in particular in their play? I mean, it's, it's fun to look at it and see uh, where guys would be with the redraft. Right. I guess with the arbitrary rules that it, that, that they are, yeah. but it, it's just a great indication what how great Brent Beach has done this past year in drafting guys. And so all three of these guys panned out for us and playing extremely well. Uh, Creed, Trey and, and Nick, man, they, they they've been uh, guys that have been solid offensively and defensively. And so uh, sometimes it, it takes that it takes like your whole uh, your whole team to put these things together. You know, Veach and all these guys getting in and just talking about these things and, and actually seeing this out and, and bringing it to fruition to seeing where guys can excel to. And so uh, I think it's, that's more of an indication about, like I said, they, like their their proud their, their prowess of seeing guys and seeing talent and getting out here in Kansas City. Uh, but, I mean, the, the whole redraft and all that, man, it, it's, all right, I guess. <laughs> I guess it's fun, right? It's, I guess it's fun to see. So I don't know. It's it's a fun kind of indicator, I guess, for like, you know, to, to show you how guys like have improved their like how, how wrong like these mock drafts and stuff are. And it's cool yeah. because like you see so many mock drafts and all this stuff about where guys should go. And then a guy in a sixth round or seventh round is like, okay, well, let me actually play and see. And, and, and you, you tell me where I should go. Then like, Trey Smith's story, you know, sixth round. We're talking about 16th overall pick in the redraft based on how he played. I mean, I, 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 I that stuff like that's awesome. Um, and plus, you know, we, we we didn't have a first round pick, and we ended up getting three in this uh, in this. Uh, um, so, okay, so it's, it's crazy to me because, all right, let's say in two years, you, you're going to do a redraft in two years, you know, to see how a guy played. Like if they suck, and all of a sudden they, they they're back at like the third or sixth pick, you know what I mean? Like uh, I don't know. I just like I said, I know it's entertainment and, and it's fun. Yeah. I just I just think like okay, if a guy starts you know, dumping in the bed or, or, you know, like have a sophomore slump. Yeah. It was like, Hey, you know what? <laughs> Maybe he was right. Maybe he got picked the way he was supposed to get picked. He only had one good year. That's true. So, well, and, and they do do redrafts. Re- like go back to the 2012 draft. They, they do do, they do do redrafts. I mean, they're going back years. Okay. So, okay. We'll, we'll revisit the 2021 draft class in five years and see where, and see where the redraft is. <laughs> do you trace Smith through any of those guys? So still in the top 10. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I always think those are funny too because you, a lot of times you, you see the mock drafts of, of like guys you know who do these right, and then they do the uh, they do the redraft they do the redrafts of everything, and I guess it it's see how wrong they were. It's it's funny seeing guys like that do the, the redrafts because it's like wow you had that guy 
at a fifth round grade. Now you have him as a, as a second or first round grade. So it's always funny seeing those guys eat their words. And I know as a former player who had to listen to some of these guys do their mock drafts, these experts, I'm yeah. sure you love seeing them eat their words. It's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. And some of them like, Hey man, look, you, you had, you was way off on this. You know, and a lot of guys look at potential. They, they feel like they all got it right. And I'm seeing it. I'm going through all the measurements and, and, and how I'm quantifying how guys are going to be and what they, and then when a the guy gets on a team and you see what he he gives and what he's he, you know or what he likes in, and it's like oh okay, so uh, there's there's a few guys that you know we we I've seen around the league that I'm like, all right, I mean, we're gonna see what guys really how, how good they are, right? From what y'all said and what y'all projected to being this guy and oh my gosh, he's gonna be the great the new best thing and I all right, just wait and see, just wait and see. And we just we just never know. Some guys are just, I mean, it's almost, you know, you can put a formula together to try to have a good indication what guys are going to be, but you, you just you don't you don't know. You don't know. So there's a lot, a lot goes into it, man. Luck, guys not getting injured. I mean, some sometimes it's just a guy who's not a no-miss guy. Yeah. There's some guys out there. And there's some guys that you thought no miss and gone, you know, just just didn't have it, whatever reason. You see that too, where a lot of these experts, they fall in love with these guys. And I don't know what it is. They go back to high school. They they remember them, you know, seeing them through high school and the college and they kind of fall in love with them. And they always call them the can't miss prospects. You see it in basketball, you see in the NFL. And then, you know, like they, they miss badly on it. So I, I I don't know where these love affairs come from. Sometimes they just get, they get stuck to their guy and then they ride with them till the, until the end. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's like a horse in, in, in the Derby where you watch it. It's like, Hey, I got a feeling for this guy. Yeah. You know, he's, he's got, you know, great uh, muscle uh, structure and he looks pretty fast. And all of a sudden he comes in last. <laughs> you're like, ah. I'm like, what? you're like, Hey man, what happened? What happened to the whole, <laughs> your formula? <laughs> you know, you win, you win the championship. Huh? What happened to it? Yeah, you know, we did, you know, just, I don't know. I don't know. I got asked the other day about, um, like, the draft experts. And someone was like, what made Mel Kuyper, like, a draft expert? Like, and and how does he continue to be the draft expert? Because, like, you look at his first rounds, they're not, like, he's not, like, in the 100% right every time. Like, he's nowhere close to 100%. So, it's like. What makes this guy an expert? What makes a bracketology guy who does the March Madness brackets? What makes him a bracketology expert? It's like, has he ever yeah. won? I mean, like, <laughs> right? Did he go to school for this? Well, I mean, what what did, what what is his credentials? I don't get you know, it. For him to be put in this position where he's just now the guru. What's going to him for? Like, okay, why? Why are we going to this guy for it? So, oh, I, I yeah, I don't get it. it yeah. It's that's a conversation for another day, but yeah, somebody asked me. I was like, Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I think he's just been doing it for a long time, and um, that's, <laughs> oh, that's it, that's all you had to do. Okay, hey, <laughs> sign me up, sign me up. Yeah, well, the funny thing is, yeah, I think, I think most most former players, you know, the guy, the guys who are in scouting departments and stuff and pro teams, those are the guys who should be the, the draft experts, like Lewis Riddick. That's a guy who should be what Mel Kuyper is for. You know, he, I mean, he, he's got a bigger platform on ESPN, thankfully. Right. Than Mel right. Kuyper, but like, he should be the Mel Kuyper. We should be like longing to see uh, um, Lewis Riddick's uh, mock draft, not Mel Kuyper. And you know, yeah. I've nothing against Mel Kuyper, but like, 
I prefer Lewis Riddick's um, kind of uh, insights on players coming out of drafts. Uh, yeah, he, I mean, he's, he's been there. He's, he's seen it. So this is, I mean, you know, he, this is, this is what he's been doing and he, he's, he's been working his formula, talking to guys and just going to go see guys. That's what he, he you know, he's, he's used to, that was used to be his job. And so when you see Mel Kuyper, I, I've never seen Mel Kuyper. I don't know if he goes out to practices. I don't know how many, how much, Phil, he's actually watching. I have no idea. I have no idea. Does anybody know? I don't know. So it's yeah. a good question. Yeah, I would say Lewis Riddick, uh, Charles Davis, and Daniel Jeremiah. I don't know about Charles Davis's background, but uh, J- Jeremiah, I mean, he he, he worked in the scouting departments too. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm assuming Charles Davis did too, I think. Charles Davis, did, did Charles Davis play in the NFL? Uh, yeah, I think he did. I'm pretty yeah. sure he did. Yeah. Yeah. So, those are the, those are the, when I when I think of the, the, the mod trap experts, I know everyone we always think about Mel Kuyper, but that's the, the one who like you know has has it all on here, I guess. But then the, but the, the Riddick Jeremiah's of the world, those are the ones where like I'm I, I will look more to those guys and guys like Bucky Brooks, those guys I'll look to, not not Kuyper and whatever. Right. Um, <laughs> enough about Mel Kuyper. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Um, all right, so uh, next topic. Um, this was interesting. So uh, ESPN did a whole article about uh, the Mahomes um, and MVS connection already. They're kind of having this like camaraderie and chemistry so far. Uh, MVS met uh, with Mahomes down in Texas soon after he was signed. Um, and then in minicamp, he was kind of, he became kind of one of the top targets because the guys had fallen to uh, injuries. And so MVS was kind of Mahomes' top target and hitting deeper, uh, deep plays. Um and one thing that uh, was kind of funny was that they asked MBS when he left Green Bay how hard it was. He said, yeah, it was hard to leave Aaron Rodgers in that situation, but getting to play with Patrick Mahomes, very similar, and he's kind of being utilized in more ways than he was in, in uh, Green Bay. Uh, and that's something that Mahomes and, and Andy Reid had said, that they're kind of utilizing him. Um, he's versatile. They can use him, utilize him all over the place. And primarily utilizing him in underneath routes, and he's a—I mean—he's a burner. He's fast, but they're using using him in underneath routes, which I thought was interesting. Um, and I feel like this is a guy that we haven't really talked about much. I feel like yeah, of of all the guys we have, we this is one of the guys that's kind of been under, under the radar signing for us. Um, we talked about Hardman, we talked about uh, Juju. Juju's been the main one we talked about, really. Um, right. And then we had other guys like Josh Gordon, Sky Moore. Um, but I feel like MBS has kind of been under the radar um, overall. Uh, so I guess my question is, hearing that he's going to be playing, doing a lot of underneath routes, I got to ask, I mean, how do you think he's going to fare in this in this offense? I mean, a fast guy, but underneath routes? I mean, I'm just curious, but when I, when I read that, I was like, that's, that's interesting. What do you take away from that? Uh, I, I think what I take away from it is Andy and those guys trying to get him into the football, pure and simple. And so if you can use a guy who has a lot of speed, who is a, a thinner guy, but he can he can go and hit his head on the goalposts, uh, who has a skill set uh, that you can utilize. I think that's that's really kind of where they're at with it. And so we know up in Green Bay, he was more side of a deep threat, you know, kind of that guy, like, you know, stretching the defense. And we'll, we'll, we'll use him like that here also. But the thing is, instead of like catching a ball 40 yards down the field or 25 yards down the field, let's just give it to you five and 10 yards and see what you can do with it. See if you can get, make guys miss and see, you know, and, and we know that speed is one of those things that absolutely kills defenses, right? So we, we you know, lost a guy who's fastest guy in the NFL to now we got a guy who, without a doubt, was probably one of the top five deep ball threats in the NFL as far as like, as far as I can remember, uh, guys playing. And I think because he doesn't really, 
we don't talk about him as, as much because I think people didn't really see him as a number one receiver, yeah. right? And so, you know, when you, when you leave from a, a team like Green Bay and you had Devontae Adams and you had Lazard, you had all these guys out there, they're like, okay, where did MVS actually fit into the entire scheme of things, right? What was he uh, as far as rated into the, the rest of the NFL wide receivers? Was he top 50 or, you know, I mean, seriously, those are real questions. And so I think that's part of the reason uh, you hadn't really had that much uh, to say about him. Excuse me. And the thing is, Juju, because he's been a number one receiver, you know, when AB up there, I mean, Juju was the guy. He ended up, you know, surpassing him, and he was supposed to take over as the number one receiver uh, after AB left. And so – I think everybody's kind of like, okay, A.B.'s, he done played that before. He's a Pro Bowl wide receiver. MVS has been, you know, third string, third third option. What is he actually going to be able to give Kansas City? And so I think everybody's just kind of waiting to see. They're waiting to see what he's going to be able to do uh, if he's going to have a breakout year. Because that's, that's what everybody wants. Everybody wants to see breakout year. They're like, does he have the ability to, to, to be that guy, mm-hmm. right? And so if uh, – he had that ability. They're saying, well, why didn't he showcase it up there in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers? And so the good thing is now he's not up there with them. He's down here with us who finds very creative ways to get, you know, football players the ball. And so if you're a weapon, like I think MVS can be, I think they, Andy and and enemy and, and Nagy, all them guys see it. They're like, yeah, look, let's give this guy a slant, let's give him something across, like you said, a shallow cross. Let's give him a quick screen and just let him go for it. Let's see what he can do with it. And so the more you can put the ball in the hands of a playmaker, which I think he is, uh, the more you're going to be able to see. And so I'm, I'm excited, man. I'm, I'm gonna, I want to see him do well. I'll, I'll think he'll be a, a big surprise for us. Uh, and sometimes guys just need a shot. You know, it's almost like that uh, – was it eight mile when when Eminem was like, "Yo, man, I, I just need that one opportunity, one shot." Mm-hmm. And so, hopefully, this is him, it for him. And so, he'll have a lot to prove because he he knew that, you know, Tyreek taking his his uh, skills down to South Beach. He's like, "Damn, look, I got a chance to be the guy." Yeah. And I'm, I'm here with a lot of good other receivers, but I could actually come and and, and claim my stake here. He's going to be here for a number of years, man. So, hey. My hat, I'm just looking for good things from him. Good things. Yeah, and I think, to what you said about him playing with the Green Bay and with Devontae and Lazar being there, he said it wasn't that he wasn't utilized properly. He said that everyone kind of had a role, and he had a specific role in that offense. And so, yeah. like, it was, being, it was being the burner in that offense, being the speed threat, the deep threat. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, that the vacancy of Ty, Tyreek leaving that vacancy there, that's why he came here, and he's going to be kind of utilizing in, in a lot of different creative ways, as you said. And so it, it'll be interesting to see how we utilize his speed in, different, in a variety of uh, ways. Yeah, I mean, you know, a guy like that, especially with our offense, man, and, and what we do, uh, you know, Patrick could get the ball to anybody. And so, you know, he don't have to be the, just a deep ball. Like I said before, you know, a guy like this can, can absolutely just eat in this offense. He really could. Uh, so man, I'm, 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 I'm encouraged to see that he's going to have a great, great, uh, year. And so of course, training camp, we all going to keep our eyes on him. 
because he's supposed to be at that, that guy. He's number one, number two. That's that's the way it works. Mm-hmm. And so uh, if if this if this team can be this offense be what I think it can be, he's gonna be fine, man. I think everybody's gonna be uh, uh, really pleased with his performance. I do. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, yeah, I'm excited. And it's just one thing we, we haven't really talked about. It. And I, 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 like what you said, it's there's kind of an unknown there where, like, we knew what Juju w- w- was. Um, Sky Moore, yeah, he was a top five prospect as, as a receiver coming out of college. Um, uh, obviously, we know what Hardman uh, has done for us. It's kind of, we don't, we don't really know about MVS, what he can do in, a, in an offense where there is no Devontae Adams, there is no Lazard, there is no other guys there. You know, uh, kind of an offense that's already set in stone. This offense is new to all of us, and especially you're adding a, a new weapon to a new offense in general. It's like, what is he going to do? What, what what is he going to be? How is he going to be utilized? So it's it's going to be it's going to be fun to watch him and like everybody else in that office. But yeah, de- definitely it's going to be interesting to see how we utilize him. Um, well, we know we know one thing he can do well. We know he could he could go deep. We yeah. know that. We know he's got speed. He's got he's got length. We know that's one thing he, he could definitely do is he can get up and put them down, and he can yeah. get behind corners all day long. So, yeah, you're going to stretch your defense, man. You're going to stretch it still. And so, hey, man, defense is better watch out. I know everybody's sitting there talking about it. And I, I'm, I'm going to just say this, too. I've been just looking at I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely just living with the type of disrespect, man, the Chiefs are getting. I mean, for real, I'm, I'm sitting over there. I'm just like, man, who is this guy? Remember I sent you the video of the one dude? Uh, who I don't know who the guy is. I, 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 I try to find it. I'm just like, man, who was this dude? Sitting over here, and he's making this this list, and I'm I'm I can't. Oh my gosh! I mean, sometimes I just want to jump through the TV and just grab like, man, what are you what are you talking about? Like, how do you how do you come up with this? Like, I, I mean, honestly, how do you get to this point with these things? I just yo, man, I'm serious, man. I, I hey, I cannot wait until that first game, man. They coming out that tunnel, and I want them every defense man hit them in their mouth, and I don't want to hear nobody. Anybody who was doubting them, I don't want to hear anybody. I don't. I don't want to hear, eh, well, I thought they know. Uh-uh. We're going to get on you. You didn't say that before. You were sitting there doubting the, the offense, what they didn't have. You don't have a chance to get back on the bandwagon. You can't do it. Nope. Can't do it, buddy. We ain't, there ain't no room for them. And so. I, and I, think, I think there's no win, too, because, like, right now we're saying, oh, man, he has no weapons. Once the season gets going and let's say – we see a flashes of old school Josh Gordon. We see flashes of Juju. We see flashes of uh, of um, MVS. Sky Moore looks great. Uh, Corey Coleman, if he makes the team, looks great. Kelsey's back to his normal self. Hardman doing his thing. It's good. The the the, the story's going to change. It's not going to be like, oh well, you know, he has no weapons. It's going to be like, oh man, look how many guys he's got. Of course, Mahomes is going to look good. It's like, right? Oh yeah. Oh, nah. Well, we're here now. I don't want to hear you. I don't want to hear nothing you got to say. I don't. But I'm just, I mean, I'm just, it, it enrages me to see these guys come out here and just talk about how the Chiefs, like you said, don't have anybody and all. Well, they still got Kelsey. Yeah, we got Kelsey, but we got other guys. We got a great receiving room. We do. We got some guys in, in, in that room, man. We got some guys, some playmakers who I hope come and absolutely surprises everybody. Ain't going to surprise me, but, you know, everybody else, make them eat crow. Make them eat it. Yeah. And I, I've seen stupid stuff like um, Colin Coward had a, had a had a segment on his show like last week or two weeks ago. It was it was, it was comparing Mahomes and Herbert, and one of them was like, oh, I forgot what it was. It was like arm talent gave it to Herbert. Who's gonna have more MVPs when they're when they're, it's all said and done? 
Uh, he said Herbert. It's like, what? Mahomes already has one MVP. You're going you're gonna to say the other guy who hasn't even made the playoffs yet hasn't doesn't have an MVP yet is going to have more MVPs than the guy already has an MVP and a Super Bowl trophy and a Super Bowl MVP right now. It's just like yeah. I get it's a da- it's a dead time of the period for NFL talk. Yes, I, yeah. we're talking crazy now. I mean, come right. on, right? See now is what that is. Like somebody needs to pull your mic immediately. Like, man, what have you been smoking when you came in this morning? What are you doing? Like, what, wait a minute, hold on. You know, are you like hold the mic, there, man? What? Wait a minute, hold on. What's going on? Like, you are you okay? Yeah. Did you really just say it about just hadn't done nothing, hadn't did anything? And this is this is what we putting him like. Oh my gosh, I'm up sitting over. I'm just like, yo. This is crazy. This is absolutely crazy. It's wow, man. It's so all season just listening to it. So, oh man, I'm just I'm here for all of it. I am. I'm here for all of, you know, the the naysayers, the doubters. I'm here for it all, man. Bring them all. Bring them all on. Shoot, hate all you want to. Woo. And I and I feel like with with what Tyree said about Mahomes, I feel like even even though Mahomes had a very like measured response back to it it, yeah. it definitely ate at him and seeing all this other stuff oh Tyreek made uh, Mahomes and like seeing Keenan Allen say oh uh wait Keenan because Keenan Allen even wrote on uh on I think Tyreek's Instagram after shortly after he was traded saying he goes oh yeah this is going to expose a lot of people over there so it's like there's a lot of stuff that there's lots of Mahomes is, is seeing and hearing from these uh, these hot these hot uh, these, these hot take guys and then players like Keenan Allen saying that it's like okay well Mahomes is going to take it, and he. I think he's going to go out hard this year. I think he's going to have a really good season. I, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if he wins the MVP again, just based on all that's going on right now and the new offense and new structure and all this and all the crap he's hearing. I, yeah. I, he's, he's going to go hard. I think this year. I think it's a, I think it might be a really good year for him. You, you know what I picture like when I when I hear things like that is actually you know when you see Patrick I always like this like calling the play in like calling the play in. It's like come on, keep keep bringing it, keep bringing all that old heat. Keep bringing all that old doubt. Keep bring, come on, bring it on in. Keep keep, keep bringing it. He just gonna keep man tattoo these jokers. So mm-hmm. exposing all these man. Come on, man, man. They they need to cut it out. That's all right. Let let him just go ahead and slow walk, <laughs> slow walk him to death, man. Go on, get him then. Yeah, go on, get him fifteen. Shoot. Keenan Allen, he's he's big. He's big on talking crap to uh, other players, and especially in, in division. So, man, I guess it, it's good. I, I like having the, the kind of like that kind of guy and bringing that yeah, division rival kind of uh, kind of banter. But uh, saying it's going to expose a lot of people over there, it's very uh, very telling what uh, what others think of uh, what Tyreek Hill meant to the offense. Hey, man. Hey, wait. Go ahead and mess with the, the sleeping giant if you want to. Yeah. All right. So you go. You're gonna find out. You're gonna find out. Right, they they look they they've they been finding out. Yeah, <laughs> they they been know what's been going on over there. So I, I don't know. Go ahead and talk yourself into a butt whipper. How about that? All right. You would think after the way we came back in that Thursday night game towards the end of the season, Keenan Allen would uh would keep his mouth shut after uh after that because Tyreek really didn't have a big of a game that day. It was it was mostly Kelsey ate them alive that 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 night that Thursday night game. We came back right. in the way. So yeah. like yep. Should be talking, man. I, I don't know. I'm sorry. Let them talk. Hey, let them talk. We'll, we'll we'll see them week two for the the Amazon Prime uh, opener with that. Uh, with yes, Tony. sir. So, yes, uh, sir. We can uh, we, we we can show Keenan Allen what's up. Uh, who, who's who's actually being exposed? Yeah, can't <laughs> wait. I'm I'm going out there for that game too. Can't wait. That'll be a good time. Um, all right. So we talk about Tony Gonzalez. We're, we're taking a little flashback, a little, uh, stroll down memory lane as we go to our last topic. So uh, Chiefs Wire uh, recently wrote an article on the top 10 Chiefs single-season rushing yards leaders. 
um, where pretty much Priest, uh, Larry Johnson, Jamal Charles dominated that list. Uh, well, what stood out to me, though, was uh, you had 2006, you had 2005, you had 2002, and 2001 were the top four rushing seasons. And uh, and I believe 03 was on there as well, uh, but that was like number six, I think. Uh, so, JD, you were part of five of the top ten rushing seasons in um, in the Kansas City Chiefs history. Four. Uh-huh. Or the top five you were part of. Um, yeah. So I'd say it's pretty damn good. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's no, no coincidence that LJ and Priest both had you uh, in front of them. Um, you were you were one of the, mo- the more consistent guys of the of the two of the, of the two errors for the, the two running backs. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I so I got to ask you uh, as a question. I have to ask you, um, what was it like being able to block for Priest and Larry Johnson? And if you were a GM and you were starting a team today and you had to pick one running back in their prime to, to build around, would it be Larry Johnson or it be uh, Priest Holmes? <laughs> oh, man. wow. <laughs> running back in their prime, who would I take to, to build a franchise? Right now. Into the, into the, you're, starting a, you're starting a team tomorrow and you were the GM and you're going to take LJ or Priest in their prime. Oh, man. Oh, man, that's <laughs> tough. That's tough. You know, because both of them had different skill sets, you know, like when I, I'm just thinking about them, um, you know, Larry was a, such a, a, a bigger back, had a lot of speed. There's not a lot of guys I've seen him catch from behind, but neither was Priest. I didn't see a lot of guys catch Priest from behind either. Uh, oh, my gosh. I don't know, Marcus. I don't know. That's a tough one. I, hey, <laughs> hey, I had to do my best, so I'm going to have to choose both of them. I don't think I'll go wrong with that. Uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go wrong with either one. I'm, I'm going to just say that. Okay? I would never go wrong with either one. How about that? There's an there's a answer. There's my answer. That's so, fair. That's fair. Right. <laughs> so that, that's the way I look at it, man. I mean, Priest, man, was phenomenal. Making guys miss, getting around the corner, vision. Uh, I mean, you name it. Uh, just being able to, to see the holes breathe and just, you know, actually uh, – visualize what he wanted to do out there on the football field. Uh, and like LJ, LJ, man, was just, I mean, running hard. And he had, like I said, he would burst through and gone. Before you knew it, he was already in the secondary. And that's just how LJ was. So really deceptive speed, man, but he would run hard. He, he wasn't like uh, an easy guy to bring down. Not at all. Neither was Priest. So very durable backs. Uh, Great athletes, man, incredible running backs. I mean, that that without a doubt. I mean, that's why you've seen them in the, the four out of the top five. I mean, really. So uh I, I tell you what, I picked both of them up a whole lot. Let me put it that way. When they went into the end zone, I picked them both up. And I went from picking Priest up to picking Larry up, you know, then picking Priest up a little bit more and, you know, Larry up a little bit more. So it was always good. It was always good, man. And it was almost like, you know, when they they – uh, with score, you know, they come look for JD because I'm I'm a ho- I'm gonna hoist them up, I'm hold I'm hold them up like they should be, you know, just put them up there, man, so everybody can see it. So, uh, both of them guys, my dudes, seriously, them, them guys, man, it was was incredible guys, incredible running backs, but uh, but great teammates, really. Yeah. And, and as a fan, I was uh, going through high six. I made I made a little clip for um to to, to go along with the article that the, the Chiefs Wire wrote. Um, and I was going through some of those old clips, man. It brought back so many memories. But the, the 05 game, the last game of the season, the, the Bengals game, uh, where LJ uh, had this one run that uh, it's always ingrained in my head was the uh, 
was a toss play where it's going, he's going left. It was like a 17 or 27 um, uh, toss. Yeah. It's back the other way. And I, I think, I think even try, I think, I think Trent uh, blocked from him that play too. And, uh, like, and that's the thing. There was a lot of clips where Trent's going out there and, th- and throwing his body and blocking people, man. Oh, yes, sir. Ten, ten throw his nose in there, man, to, to get a block. Matter of fact, I think he, I seen one that he, uh, he, he, he blocked a, a guy and Priest got a touchdown. He blocked yeah. him for a score. So, so yeah, hey, man, yeah. Hey, Trent was never afraid to go in and, and, and do a block. You see these guys, that's like every time I would see a guy or quarterback who act like he's going to block a guy and like get in his way, just step back or, you know, just try to throw his shoulder and look terrible doing it. <laughs> uh, Trent, Trent knew he'd come in, get his hands in and get a push. You know, he was in the weight room. Tim was in the weight room, too. So, yeah. Yeah, Jeff Hurd. Hurd's on, on Twitter, too. Hurd had a lot to do with that. So we, we used to come in, lift the weights, man. So Hurd, to you, brother, you appreciate just getting us right, getting us right, getting us prepared. So putting that ham on him. Well, Trent was probably old school, man. That, that was back in the day where, like, you know, I'm sure when Trent was in youth league and in, in high school, he, he still had to do indies with, like, you know, running back, tight ends, and, you know, learning how to block and stock block. And nowadays it's so specialized where, like, these quarterbacks are literally just doing quarterback stuff. They're not they're not doing any blocking. They're not learning the, the fundamentals of football. I would say a lot of the uh, the new school of quarterbacking is where you kind of just you stay oh, yeah. your stuff. You're not really doing anything. You're, you're specialized at such a young age where it's like, I don't know, you're kind of you're, – you're, you're, you're not being able to do the other stuff like that, you know, yeah, like, yeah. Trick, going out and blocks. Well, I think a lot of it has to do with just the, just the guy. Like, regardless if you specialize or not, mm-hmm. shoot, why not go ahead and get blocked for your teammate? Yeah. You know, if you're going to get him a touchdown or some extra yards, he'll do it for you. And yeah. so I think it's like, to me, it, this more says a lot about Trent and his character, or who he was as a quarterback and as a player and as a teammate. Because mm-hmm. uh, I know some quarterbacks out here who, who actually – was kind of old school, but just still wouldn't do it. I see like that one little uh, video they have of, of Jay Cutler standing out there. Like just, <laughs> like, this dude, it's just it's embarrassing. That's an embarrassing look. So I just, uh, you know, that, that's more indication, like I said, of, of Trent doing his job. But man, it, those guys were incredible. Priest and, and, and Larry were great. So my answer is a really uh, balanced, measured straight up answer i would go i wouldn't go wrong with either one of them so i take them i could take either one i'll be good yeah no 100 you, you're you're a teammate so you really you can't you can't you can't pick one or the other you can't do that can't do it nah, nah. <laughs> it's not cool <laughs> not cool marcus hey cool man you set me up brother <laughs> hey i was saying if you'd answer it and, and, you, and you went with what i thought you'd go you'd say you'd say both of them you could you, you start a franchise either one of them yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but hey, I mean, it was tough for the Chiefs. I mean, it was the 06 year, whereas the we didn't know if Freeze was going to come back or not. Was it? I think that was the um, was yes. it the, hard, the hard knock season. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And you know, we we didn't move off Priest. We kept we kept Priest around. LJ, it was the holdout year. LJ was holding out. We kept Priest right. around, and you know the Chiefs couldn't even answer that question. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> right. <both> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, shoot. Um, I will say though, uh, well, yeah, man, but both those guys from my childhood, just seeing both those guys, you know, but, uh, in doing the research today, um, I learned that we were actually the first Thursday night football game and actually you, uh, LJ had a touchdown that game and you, 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 you held them up in the, uh, in, in the first Thursday night game in NFL history, you were the, uh, first, um, 
I, I think I don't have how people have done it, but you were the yeah. first to hold up uh, somebody in the end zone on a Thursday oh, night. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's something. That's something. Hey, look, we get stats on whatever. I, you know, this day and age, man, they got they got stats and uh, first for everything, don't they? You know? Yeah, that, that, that's. I, I don't think I sell. I didn't say it in a stat book, but just doing the, do my research day. That was the th- first Thursday night game. You were the only one to uh, to hold up somebody in the game. You were the first one ever to do it on Thursday night football game. So. There you Hats go. off to you, buddy. There's your, there's your boy. Look at your boy, man. <laughs> but okay, that's good. That's so good. Ladies, Jay's gonna pick LJ and Priest. So that's that, that that there you have it. So yeah. there you have it. <laughs> but all right, fellas, that that comes to the end of uh, Chief Concerns. Uh, thanks for tuning in, to Chief Concerns presented by Bet Online. We'll see you guys next week, and who knows, maybe we'll sign that edge rush that we've been talking about for weeks and. And there'll be probably, probably another list we can uh, we, we, we can talk about as we as we inch closer to training camp. So, you know, but the, the, the I will say the content right now, the topics is limited right now. But in a few weeks, everything's gonna get ramping up, man. Everything's gonna be going. Once oh training, yeah. Once oh yeah. Camp. For sure. For sure. It'll be endless so, topics. But. Yeah. It'd be exciting, man. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. Hi everybody. Thanks for watching. Subscribe here to get the latest from the show. Also, be sure to check out the best clips from Chief Concerns. And if you prefer to listen to the show, subscribe and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you get podcasts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.